0: Always love doing this on Wednesday, scoopswithdannymack.com, the chance to talk baseball with Brian Walton, and we are presented by Blue Tail Medical Group. Before you think about surgery, these guys, they're the best doctors in the United States. Doctors all across the world are coming to find out how the doctors at Blue Tail are doing this. It's an alternative measure as opposed to having surgery. It's your body's a chance to recover prior to surgery, through Blue Tail Medical Group, find out what they can offer you. They're going to get you right back in the game, whether you're an athlete or not. At bluetailmedicalgroup.com, Brian. A lot of news coming out of Jupiter, Florida, and good morning to you, Brian Walton from thecardinalnation.com. How you doing?
1: Doing great, Dan. Yeah, there's always plenty to talk about, not only about the team on the field, but uh, you know all the machinations to. You know, handle an environment where we're not completely out of the pandemic yet, and that was requiring some compromises to be
0: made. Absolutely, let's uh, jump into what's going on on the field. Miles Michaelis, it looks like uh, definitely will not break camp with the St. Louis Cardinals. He's going to have his uh, shoulder, not his elbow, not his forearm, but his shoulder uh, looked at, and it was the shoulder, or the the forearm and the elbow that was the concern going into spring training. So now it's the shoulder; they're going to look at that. Um, what are your thoughts on what's happening here with Miles Michaelis? We'll start up, you know, talking with that, and then we'll get into some options here as the Cardinals go forward. But what do you think about Miles?
1: Well, you know, I, obviously we we can't see his charts, and we only know what we're being told. But and and unfortunately, we haven't been able to talk to Miles Miles directly, who's very very open with the media, very open about everything. But in the past, a lot of times when a guy has an elbow or a forearm ailment, he's Sort of babying that, or he's at least cognizant of it, and that puts pressure on other parts of the arm. In this case, the shoulder, and you wonder just if, you know, that's related, not directly, but in how he's dealing with his injury. And it's the other way around too. When you got a short shoulder, it puts more stress on your on your on your arm when you throw. So, you know, this is not encouraging. Obviously, he had the procedure uh, on his forearm last fall, and it was hoped that that would be good enough, and it's clearly not. So now the question is going to be, you know, what do they see in that shoulder, and you know, will it require a procedure or will we get into this cycle of rest for three, four weeks and then try again and, you know, it doesn't feel right and setbacks. Pretty soon the whole season's gone. So, you know, I was was cautiously optimistic about Miles this year, but now I'm, you know, completely swung the pendulum the other way to say anything they get from him this year right now would have to be a bonus. I think they have to plan – you know, for him to not be available for the foreseeable future. And if he comes back, then it's a bonus.
0: Yeah, I I, I totally agree. And so now you have to start looking at the fifth starter spot. I bumped Martinez up to the fourth option for the Cardinals in terms of the fourth starter spot. And that fifth spot is wide open. Could be Daniel Ponce de Leon. You're talking about Oviedo. You're talking about John Gantt. Alex Reyes, some news yesterday. The Cardinals are going to exclusively use him out of the bullpen. So as it opens up, what do you think? Who are the candidates that we mentioned that have the best inside track for that fifth starter spot?
1: Well, clearly the one name you mentioned is not a candidate, and that's Alex Reyes. And he's a pitcher that uh, just yesterday John Moselock said is probably throwing as good as anyone in the entire camp, you know, including Wainwright, including, you know, hicks including everybody so you know there was a high expectation on the part of a lot of folks myself included that alex reyes might be allowed to carry a starters workload at least for part of the season uh Mose-Lock was saying that hundred hundred innings is his target for this year and you can of course spread those hundred in, innings multiple ways you could have him make 20 starts at five innings each and spread those 20 starts over time to perhaps include the playoffs. You could also, of course, spread those 100 innings over 50 two-inning relief appearances or you know some number of high leverage ones late in the game and use him in more of a traditional uh, role in late innings role where you see late innings relievers pitch in as many as 70 or 75 games over the season. So they've got a lot of flexibility. It looks like they'll probably slot Alex in the late innings mix along with Hicks and uh, Cabrera and, of course, Gallegos. And so, you know, you've just got this dynamite back into the pen, but that doesn't address a number 5 starter. And from an experience perspective, you've got to assume that Daniel Ponce de Leon, you know, is the guy that would be in the lead for that competition. They want to give John Gant a chance, but they also know that John Gant's a very valuable reliever, and they probably are, you know, thinking that he may end up in that role. Oviedo's a guy that I don't think we should rule out. I mean, granted, he jumped all the way from – Double-A to the majors last year, only made five starts. But, you know, the problem with Ponce de Leon continues to be, you know, throw, throwing strikes and the walks. And you just don't know if you can count on him to consistently give you five or six innings. We saw that that first start when he made the majors. There were seven innings, you know, just a, looked like a dynamite guy. And then the next time out, you know, he only walks four or five guys. So, you know, this fifth starter, uh, you know, situation is one that is going to be very crucial to watch – as we continue, and we shouldn't really say Carlos Martinez is out of the woods yet. Granted, his last start was much, much better, but he has this traditional problem in the first inning, and you know they're not going to be able to roll innings when the when real games start. And you know the Cardinals played have played that game a number of times this spring, but you know they got to get to the point now where they tell these guys, you got to get three outs, you got to work your way through it.
0: I don't know about you, but I'm concerned about the amount of walks, and that's where John Gant comes in, where I love him to be able to clean up innings. And if if starters are not going to go deep, I can give him multi-innings out of the pen. I understand he wants to be a starter. I understand earnings potential for his individual earnings power, but as it pertains to the team... To me, that's his best role, especially with the fact that his ground ball usage is way up. His sinker usage was way up a year ago. It just seems to be the right fit for him.
1: I, I agree, Dan, and I think that's where he'll likely end up. But on the point you you were making from a general perspective, I was looking at the stats this morning, and while the Cardinals' team ERA is around 6 this spring, which is in the bottom third of baseball, they are dead last in the stat called walks plus innings pitch, whip, walks walk plus hits pitch per innings pitched or whip. 1.79. So the, every inning the Cardinals are allowing 1.8 base runners. Well, you know, runners on, that that means runs against you. And the primary contributor to that, where the Cardinals stand out, is just what you said, and that's walks.
0: In terms of the, the guys that are, are making some noise in camp um, uh, among the, the prospects, which is what you really focus on, and I, I know you focus on the Cardinals and everything Cardinal baseball, but Fans are always curious about Matthew Libertor and Nolan Gorman. I was talking to Michael Gersh yesterday, the Cardinals GM, and I said, look, in the games I've seen, Nolan Gorman has made the three best plays defensively I've seen, and they've been, by the way, at third base. I, I just think he's made vast improvement defensively. I'm excited about this kid. I know fans are, too. What have you thought about those two that are childhood friends that we've talked about, but Matthew Libertor and Nolan Gorman, what are your thoughts?
1: Gorman is you know, showing that he was everything that People expected and more at third base. You know, folks were worried. Some folks were worried that you know maybe he didn't have the arm, maybe he didn't have the range. But what we've seen is exceptional play. He had one one throw that was a little bit wide, but I think a you know a Colton Wong would have handled that kind of play. You know, rather than a Jose Rondon. And you know he's getting his work in at second base as well. It's not clear whether he's going to appear in a spring game at second base. But you can bet once the season begins and you know he's back in a in a camp you know, he'll probably be playing second every day, I would think, or near, you know, close to it as the Cardinals work on that part of the game. Offensively, uh, you know, Gorman hasn't done a lot at the plate this spring. I, you know, he yet. Yeah, he's drawn one walk and had, you know, maybe a hit or two. So, you know, there's still more work to be done at the plate, but it's it's a nice spring for him as he's getting started. Libertor has made uh, two appearances, has looked very strong in both, uh, The you know, only one run against him, but... The thing that stands out again, and it's not uncommon with young players. I mean, Libertor's never played an official game above class A, but he's had five walks in two and a third innings. So, you know, five walks against seven outs is not a ratio that you want to see. So, you know, Libertor will go back to camp, he'll go, you know, and, and continue to work on his craft and position himself to potentially, you know, play into the mix later this season.
0: I, I'm uh I, I don't know about you it's just like what uh, as much as things change, they stay the same. Um, and what I'm talking about here, and I'm curious your thoughts, is is Adam Wainwright. Uh, he's been the best in camp among the pitchers, but I'm curious who else has caught your attention in this camp that on the positive side that you look at and you go, yeah, that, that guy's caught my attention a little bit, Tommy Parsons is another one that's caught my attention out of Adrian College. I could see him making a debut at some point this year if the need arises for this club. I like Rondone who you mentioned before. He does have a little big league experience, can play around the infield. Who else has has caught your attention at this camp?
1: Well, it's hard to not catch the 6-9 frame of Johan Quezada, who's yeah. the reliever that they, you know, they got from the Phillies and he's a guy that uh, you know, again, has the same type of challenges that I had. he can, you know, he can bring it. He's got good offerings, but the consistency wasn't there, but so far in his two outings uh, this spring, you know, he's given up, a he gave up a run, but he's also shown, you know, some tremendous promise. So he's a guy that will go down to triple a and, you know, will continue to hone his craft, but he's a guy that could join, you know, the, the Hellsley's and the Whitley's and, you know, the young, the young exciting players on the, on the back end of the pen. Tommy Parsons, as you said, has been a, been a starter, Primarily through the minors, and as a you know a Division three undrafted guy, you know move through the system you know very very quickly. And you look at his stuff and you say, ah, you know this guy doesn't throw ninety five. You know maybe he's not going to make it, but he just is one of these guys that gets out and consistently gets out at every level he's been. So he's a guy that you know is on the is on the uh, you know the outer reaches of our of our prospect list. He's not a not a top twenty guy. His rank is thirty two right now, but he's a guy that could definitely shoot up. Uh, you know, shoot up the the value rankings in terms of being able to contribute to the Cardinals. The other guy I want to mention, because he, you know, he tends to get lost in the shuffle. We talked about the number five starters and the name Jake Woodford never came up. Jake Woodford's on three innings, one hit, one walk, three strikeouts. Again, a very, very clean line. And he continues to deliver. You know, he's not as sexy as some of these other guys, but I think we're going to see Jake Woodford, you know, at some point in the season, play a fairly prominent role, probably when injuries hit uh, or God help us if they go through another stretch of long doubleheader, of multiple doubleheaders.
0: I, I almost got to look if the club is saying, we got to find somebody that's going to give us innings. I don't care how they do it, but in that fifth starter, I got to give somebody a chance that's going to throw strikes. I, I can't just have, you know, two times through a lineup and fly. And with Ponce de Leon, that's been the track record. Oviedo, albeit a short resume, that's been his track record. Does Jake Woodford. Brian, do you think give the Cardinals the best chance to give you you know beyond five innings and i wonder if that's something that they're considering looking at the big picture of this
1: that's a good that's a good question and you know it's difficult to tell with the B games and all but you have to look at the guys that are getting the starting chances in camp and consider those are the guys that are being most likely looked at and Woodford you know has been more the second guy to come in and pitch an inning or two here and there but as you said if they as they you know, what are we, like, a third of the way through camp or yeah. not quite? But, but you know, they're going to have to start now making decisions not only about who gets the most valuable innings but how many guys are carrying in camp because they can't afford to carry 64 or 65 guys in camp all spring. So, you know, some of the guys that are, you know, less experienced like a, a Krasinski or a Connor Jones, you know, those kind of guys, Jesus Cruz, those guys are going to, you know leave, you know, leave the major league camp and we're going to see more opportunity for some of these frontline guys who are competing for jobs to step up and, and show what they have.
0: Well, you led me into one of the final things I want to get into is is how is this going to work? So we, we have the announcement that uh, the AAA season will indeed be delayed. So we also have an announcement yesterday that uh, there will be um, essentially like an alternate site that is in roughly St. Louis, the metro area in Sojay, Illinois, where independent baseball is being played across the river. Um, so what, what is going to happen with the, you know, who breaks camp with the Cardinals and who is with the team but maybe not officially on the 26-man roster? Who goes to Soge? Who goes to the longevity of another uh, spring training with AAA? How, how does this all work, Brian?
1: Well, there's even another new camp that we just learned about yesterday, and that is, as I mentioned, the Cardinals aren't going to want to carry you know 60 some players in camp the rest of the way, and with a day off tomorrow, chance they're not saying when the first cuts are going to be, but I'm I'm pretty sure it'll be after today's action, and you know there'll be a day then for the players to acclimate and report to this new camp, which they're calling B camp. B camp, which is going to run in parallel to this regular spring training camp in Jupiter. And the way to think of it is sort of like when the Cardinals had their spring training early program, their step camp, where they had a bunch of guys, minor league guys, working on the backfields, but they're separate from the major league players. So, and because of the COVID protocols and all, these players that are, that are, are sent out of the major league camp and are in this B camp will show up two hours after the big leaguers report every day and the first week or so they'll just work out with one another but as the multiple cuts occur because the cardinals are saying they'll probably have three different cuts groups of cuts this spring as they get down to the the 26 man opening day roster then the second week they'll start to have scrimmages with one another and they might even uh, be able to play the marlins in this B camp in jupiter so now we're at the start of the regular season. And you've got the 26 players that are with the Cardinals, but you've also got the five-man taxi squad. So what that means is those players are assigned to this alternate camp, which, as you said, is going to be uh, played the first month in GCS Credit Union Ballpark, which is the home of the Gateway Grizzlies. And they're, you know, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is, away. So those players that will be in the alternate camp when spring training begins, up to 28. So you got 26 in St. Louis, you've got 28 in the alternate camp, of which five of the 28 are this taxi squad that travel with the team on the road. So, of those 28 in alternate camp, uh, those players are primarily going to be the ones that are the the major leaguers or the you know the the borderline major leaguers. And I don't mean that in terms of talent, but just in terms of opportunity. That would be the call-ups. And here I'm talking about the Junior Fernandez's and the Elleges. You know, the guys that and whichever the catchers don't make it, maybe Sanchez. For example, um, Nagowski, right? The guys that, that aren't going to make the major league teams simply because of numbers, but would be the first guys to call up if there was an injury or, or some type of problem.
0: Makes sense now, to me. Yeah.
1: That, camp, that alternate camp is only going to run for a month, hopefully. And then come the beginning of May, what will happen is all of the full season minor league teams will start their regular season. So all these players in the alternate camp will pack up and move to Memphis. Where the Memphis AAA season will start, as well as the Double A, the High A, and, and the Class A seasons, will all start around. I believe the date is May fourth.
0: And then Double A and uh, Single A, when will their their spring training get going? Do you think those
1: those players will report to Jupiter the first week of April after everybody else leaves? Okay. Now, as you know, as I mentioned that the players in that alternate camp, that alternate camp won't start. They won't. They won't get to Saugeais until the the first week in April. So when the major leagues leave, those guys will still stay in Jupiter. Many of them will go to the alternate camp, but some of them will stay behind. So for example, let's come back to the names that you and I were talking about. Um, you know, the, 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 top prospects, Libertor, Thompson, Gorman, those players may not go to the alternate camp because if you only got 23 players at most in the alternate camp, when the, when the um, uh, taxi squad is in place, they're not going to have enough players of critical mass. to even play games. Whereas if those guys stay behind in Jupiter and and participate in camp with the double-A and single-A players coming in, they will be, you know, like 140 players down there. So they'll be able to have teams and scrimmage and, you know, play games and really get more that month until the the minor league season starts. They're going to get more action and more work if they stay in Florida than if they, uh, travel up to and, and, you know, and work out in the Gateway Grizzlies Park.
0: I mention it all the time. During these games, I, I use your prospect guide, which is such a helpful aid for me during these spring training games. And how can fans get that to follow along as well?
1: Yeah, Come over to thecardinalnation.com. You'll see a uh, uh, in the top menu bar the 2021 prospect guide. You'll also see an article in the rotation, which has got a, a blue uh, image, which is from the cover of the prospect guide. 259 pages of information about the top 58 prospects in the Cardinals system, their backgrounds, um, um, their skills based on the tools of the of the hitters, as well as the best pitches of the pitchers. So just tremendous amounts of detail. Also a lot of history on the drafts and the international signings of the Cardinals over many years, the players of the year, the managers of the year, just chock full of information about not only the top minor leaguers and prospects to play in 2021, but also a lot of good history information that you simply just can't find anywhere else.
0: No doubt. Hey, Brian, thanks so much. We appreciate it as always, and we will catch up next Wednesday. You got it, Dan. That's Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. Make sure and go to his site, thecardinalnation.com. And this Wednesday, we are presented by Blue Tail Medical Group. Find out more at bluetailmedicalgroup.com.